Hey guys, it's Du. Hey guys, it's Tony. Hey everyone, it's Cindy. Welcome back. Back to no flex. <laughs> no flex in the house. Um, we have a very special guest today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hello there. It's Njuni Utabi. How's everybody doing? Hello. Hey, thank you for joining us on this episode. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for agreeing to be a part of the episode. We're part of the We're <laughs> part of I'm, I'm just chiming them. They are so excited because I'm just. All right. Everybody's so giddy. Oh, we love the smiles. Yeah. We love the smiles. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Start, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and um, we'll get you on the hot seat? <laughs> yeah. Which aspect of myself, the older you get, you realize there are so many aspects of yourself. And, and when every time when people say, tell us mm-hmm. about yourself, you're like, hmm, so I difficult, right? <laughs> but I hate that question. It's so hard to answer. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who I am. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm me. Tell us about yourself. Well, I love Fifty Shades of Grey self or my <laughs> academic self or my work situation. Everything. Everything. <laughs> you want to know it all. <laughs> I want the Fifty Shades of Grey part. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> of course. Too. Of course. <laughs> well, um, I'm Tabby and Juni, weirdly, because, uh, yeah, so my name is Tabby. I'm from Zim, a queer kid from Zim, then because of the financial and economic situation, I moved to SA, currently based in Cape Town, working for a communications agency. I'm a communications practitioner by day, or slash tweet addict by day and night. And then, yeah, and then in the evening, (laughs) then in the evening, I write papers and sometimes I consult for NGOs about a predominantly about sexual rights and health reproductive rights. That is my passion, feminism. I'm a feminist. I'm a left-handed Ndebele woman. So everything about me has always been on the minority side. So yeah. that is where all the advocacy comes from because when you're always a minority, you kind of like are forced to either you're content with it or you actually advocate and try to fight to make the situation better for yourself. So Mm -hmm. I think that's me also adding to my being marginalized. I'm a queer person. So in terms of I'm attracted or I love or women and people of the same sex as me. So that also was a spanner that was in the works in terms of being marginalized. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And my, I'm my mom's last born. So yeah, that is a, Oh, thanks, Last born. Oh, you last borns are a headache. Last borns stress my life. Slander here, Stu. Okay. I I am really going to slander you guys every chance I get. Last borns are a pain. (laughs) If we are not there, there, Stu, your lives are so miserable. Hello. You need us to make your lives exciting. Thank you. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> Spend your money. No, I'm going to rep the firstborns today. 
we <laughs> will be dragging the last ones this episode. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, oh, Tamia, that's 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 a a big nutshell, <laughs> not to make it any small. Um, so how how are you finding um living in Cape Town? I know you said that you had to leave Zim because of the socioeconomic um, issues that we're currently having. Um, yeah. We're just going to strike the knife right through the, um, the heart here. Do you find living in Cape Town as a queer person much more comfortable than it would be or it was in Zim? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, before you answer that, yeah. Johnny, can I just ask, what exactly is a queer person? Can you just explain that to me, please? Um, so let's see. So uh, I think when I came on the show, I said I will only speak on behalf of myself. I will not be able to speak on behalf of everybody else. So yeah. um, in terms of um, sexual orientations and identities, so you have your lesbian, gay, bisexual, intersex, trans, queer. So queer is, so it, it depends on, also as an individual what you identify as so I am a lesbian but it's always easier to say queer because when when you're saying queer the the bracket is kind of open and it's not as um so it's not as narrow because tomorrow I might wake up and identify as pansexual so I'm also still defining and discovering myself so it's also easy to say queer and I think also queer is kind of a hangover from Zim. It was easier to say I'm queer than to say I'm a lesbian because of the whole struggle that I would get when I was still in Zim. So it was easier just to say queer because people and people's uh, in terms of understanding or their response to queer in my experience was never as hectic as to say I'm a lesbian. So I was always maybe it is that hangover coming mm-hmm. from a big Zim so it was very yeah. for me to say oh I'm queer then it will be oh so what's queer and so the moment when somebody says what's queer they kind of open another interaction where they are educating right. them rather than yeah. oh so we stubborn so so those two so I guess sometimes I realized it's kind of a hangover from for me so, yeah yeah but yeah I do identify as a lesbian but yeah, also is queer because I am queer in the sense of um, I am attracted to people of the same sex as I am. How did you, okay. how did you first know that you, that you had feelings towards um, other women and I in did. an attractive kind of way? I'm the last person to know that I was queer. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, in my family, I am the last person. So, oh, wow. so my, so my sister, so there's an NGO in Zim, shout out to SRC in Wulawa in particular, they work with a lot of sexual minorities. They do so, so much. They do such amazing work mm-hmm, where they yeah. tend an office into a haven where queer people could go utilize that space, do a lot of programs, earn money. So, yeah. So my sister was working for a, another NGO and she said to me, um, would you like to attend a workshop there? In my head, I just thought my sister is, she needs, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have time. She's just like, please help me with my work. So yeah. I went there 
so there's something I felt at home like I felt okay this is me this is something I'm there's something about it I felt at home and everybody there was looking at me you know with that face like are you do you identify do you okay oh, we'll yeah. give you time and then I got friends from there I, I always thought well I'm an ally got friends so every time we'll go with my friends to my to my house my mom because my friends were openly queer they openly gay openly lesbians my mom when she'll see my lesbian friends she'll run to my sister and say is that her girlfriend you know my mom was always <laughs> excited <laughs> so and I I used to date guys and I remember most of them would say well there's something about you that doesn't add up so I think when I realized I was a lesbian was when I think when I was 20 122. Wow. And I just saw somebody wow. that I liked and just went and shot my shot. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Did you score? <laughs> so Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be very charming if I can. We know. We know. Uh, I would like to confirm this fact. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> oh, wow. so, yeah, like, there's that's... no inkling at all beforehand, before then. Uh, cool. So when I was growing up, so I actually used to wear like a lot of uh, boys clothes. Mm-hmm. So they knew if they bought me dresses, apparently I would cry. didn't want to wear them. And so everybody <laughs> just thought, <laughs> thought it was that. But I think the more I grew, my lack of interest in men, was, my interest in men was kind of forced because I also okay. went to an old girls school. So contrary to what people believe in all girls school people legit talk about men all the time yeah like my interest <laughs> in men was forced when they were talking about men and yeah and I could yeah so it never came to me it was kind of like forced yeah so, yeah what was the process of coming out like for you um you've mentioned obviously that your mom was happy and that's that's a very pleasant surprise because with you know most african parents Mm -hmm. you know what they're like um when it comes to anything that's that they deem to be outside the norm they can be quite difficult how was it for other people your the rest of your family your friends so, so that's the interesting part. I, so I thought initially when my mom said or was doing all that, I thought she knew because there was a point when at 22, 23, and she asked me directly, I said, no, I kind of like went back into the closet and mm-hmm. then it took years. And then when I came to Cape Town, I was talking to my, so my mom was flying to Cape Town I was talking to my sister and my sister was like, hmm, your brother mentioned that you, you are dating somebody and mom is freaking out. <laughs> I got on a call with mom, like, ah, so I'm happy, going to meet my girlfriend. My mom was like, stop, what are you talking about? So then I had to come out again. Like it wasn't yeah. coming out. It was like, you know this, like, you have um, had this, so yeah. what, what is going on? So it was a version. So like coming out to different people, it's not like a once-off event where you're just like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm out. And then it's like that. So there has been a series. It has been a process for myself and for my family because it's all layered. 
So when my mom was freaking out, she's like, ah, so do I have to meet, see you kissing a girl? I'm like, girl, <laughs> first of all, let's kind of like talk about me coming out and what it means. So yeah. at a personal level, as her being my mom and me being her daughter, she yeah. understood it. She's very much okay with it. And she, she was asking, are you okay? Are you safe in South Africa? Were you ever safe in them? So we went through that process of her and me just as a mother and a daughter. And yeah. then when we started talking about it, like there are layers to it, then the biggest challenge she faced was what will my relatives say? Because she's a single what? mom. So mm. she, she has been fa- having her own journey with my uh, sexual orientation so she has she always has that individual journey which is hers I can input I can empathize but it's her journey so when I was coming out there have been layers of oh so this is who I am as in my family immediate family they understand they're okay but what does my family and you know like all those layers in terms of my academic work yeah I, I was in spaces where I knew we had homophobic lecturers, like, what will it change my results? Will it give me a difficult time? So I've mm. always had to navigate that space. And then also with work-wise, when I was here, I think also another hangover from Zoom, it was so difficult for me to actually express it to my colleagues when I was here. I think it came out as a mistake, you know? Because somebody, mm-hmm. yeah, so somebody else was talking and it came out and everyone was like, oh, we didn't know. But so it has been layers of me looking at, so how does this help? Will this give me peace? Will this give me, because at the end of the day, I realized it's not about coming out for me. Yeah. I am who I am, whether I, I'm announcing to you or not, it is what it is. So I have mm-hmm. stopped coming out, but it was very important for my family and I to get to a space where they knew or understand that that is who I am and that is how I, I, I'm going to always be and how do we navigate around that space? How, if they, have, if they are homophobic, they need, either they need to deal with it, they need to get out of my space, they need, so it was that conversation so that we are on the same page. So I did, lucky, I feel blessed. My family was always open. Their first um, point of call was, are you happy? Are you safe? And how can we learn? And how do we make your life better? Oh, really refreshing. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. And that's so encouraging. Effective. Yeah. Because uh, um, like you said, that there's so many layers um, with you being openly uh, expressive about who you are and how yeah. each person has to have a journey that's individual to them because you can't be uh the one coming out to say I'm happy and expect everyone to just take it as is because to some people it's very shocking so do you find that um you have to behave in a certain way with other relatives or friends who are still coming to terms with who you are as an individual does that sort of crutch you or yeah, I won't lie to you. My, I don't think all my relatives know. It, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is something that I'm, I, 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 I told myself I don't care. I do not want to be part of the, that whole conversation because yeah. it's emotionally taxing and exhausting. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. you grow up with people, you know people, you have seen people being homophobic or you know that is the direction they are going to go in. Yeah. So some, of course, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think I just learned to protect myself and say, if my immediate family is okay, that's fine with me. So mm-hmm. I think, but always, I, I always, the one other thing I realized was I was very good about when I was speaking about my partners mm-hmm. using the pronouns they and them. So I'm very good when speaking about, when I'm talking about my partners, when I'm using they and them. And yeah. I realized it was because I was trying to protect myself. I didn't want to lie as well to say, oh, I'm dating this guy named Tabo. And mm. then I don't even have a Tabo that I know. And so I ended up using the pronouns they and them. They are fine. Yeah, my partner is okay. So it was easy to just navigate in that space. So mm-hmm. that is also what I did or that is what I do when talking to my family members. So sometimes when they hear it from somebody else, they're equally as shocked to say, but you said you dated, you know? And I'm like, I said my partner. I never, I never, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what are your preferred pronouns? She. Okay, she. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that came out faster than I expected. <laughs> really? Did you want to think about it? Like, ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, what are your experiences as an African woman in general um, in uh, Cape Town living um, in the LGBTQIA plus community? Do you find it very easy to navigate? Because I know in South Africa, um, it's not as crammed down as it is in Zim and there's a freedom that you have yeah. there. And you don't have to constantly be looking over your shoulder. Is, is, is that where you are going to be for a while because of that freedom? Or one day you want to go back home and you know, try and get the community to some understanding. So the first thing I was talking to my friend the other day about Mm -hmm. uh, where we stay and why I chose the neighborhood. Subconsciously, I was like, I need to stay in a certain area because of the assumptions. So like there are communities where you're like, oh, this this area is LGBTI friendly, you know? Mm -hmm. So I... I had to look for that area, even as much as you pay higher rentals. That was something that I wanted to do. Um, So just like any other country, I guess South Africa might have uh, legalized it in -hmm. terms of marriages. You also have a similar community to what you have in Zim. Although in my experience, I really think South Africans are more liberal than Zimbabweans. So that has been quite uh, better in terms of navigating the space. But first of all, like I'm saying, I had to find rent where I'm like, okay, I can feel safe, not only just as a queer person, but as a woman, because mm-hmm. we also know the femicide in South Africa and issues around that. So that is what yeah. I wanted. But in terms of navigating the space, it's like, I didn't know a lot of people when I moved here. So I was the only one. So I'm trying to find people online and then trying not to be that queer person at a a club on your own so (laughs) I had to navigate it was lonely initially Mm -hmm. because we couldn't find so many people it was lonely 
and then the more I got to know people, find people, find the spaces, it truly does feel like home. I went for my first Pride this year. I was on the street waving my queer gay flag out there, you know, having fun. And I was like, oh, this is something. And I saw a couple of people waving the Zimbabwe flag during Pride. Um. So it's something that I know that's not there in Zim. And there is a certain level of peace of Mm -hmm. when you're holding your partner's hand and yeah, in the middle of the road or there are queer spaces where you can go there and just be happy and gay. And I yeah, so those are my favorite places to go to as well. In terms of going back to Zim, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> every well, Zim who doesn't live in Zim. Yeah. Are you going to go back yes, to Zim? Do that side first. <sighs> it's so loaded. <laughs> it's so there, there are so many, like I always every time when I think about going back to Zim, I remember why I started, mm-hmm. as in why I'm here. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reason I'm here was because I knew that financially things weren't moving for me. My career was stuck. I could mm-hmm. have had a nice portfolio, a nice title, but everything was stuck for me yeah. at that time. And coming to SA, I was like, oh, so if if somebody, at least one, at least one person is is like in another country, when things head south, or I can be able to help. So my being here has able as a family we've been able to benefit from my being here in terms yeah. of financially so that is why most of us move to these countries anyway for financial security so yeah. that was one thing that so when you ask me will i go back to zim i i was in zim in december and the first and when my sister was in cape town she said i don't think you you cook in zimbabwe anymore and when I was yeah. there, it's the little things that you don't realize how your life has changed. Mm-hmm. So your life changes so much. And then when you are in Zim, it's home. I love home. I was able to spend time with my friends. I was relaxed. It didn't feel like I'm at work, like how I feel all the time when I'm here. But there are certain yeah. things that are there that as an individual, I wouldn't find fulfillment or joy in. Yeah. And I've always had to, I've realized I've, I've always been an advocate for human rights from a very young age. I have done the work on the ground and I'm still doing the work. Will I want to go back to Zim and do the work? I don't, I don't currently find, it doesn't financially suit me to be there, mm-hmm. but it has never stopped my advocacy for uh, gay, uh, queer people's rights, even when I'm here. So I've realized- yeah. It doesn't matter where you where you are. You can always advocate for that. So I'm not sure. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And what's what's the dating scene like as a queer woman? Because girl, we are suffering out here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. So weirdly now I am I am shy kind of in person. So, really? Yeah. So especially that's when, difficult to when it comes to my feelings and my whole approach, I am very shy. 
and I'm always my my like oh I was younger and I was always afraid if I approach somebody and they're like oh then it is all you know the rejection yeah yeah so I never did that but I've spent my time single and I've spent my time dating but I think it's like uh being heterosexual hates it's the dating Drama. scene. I must go to Jalo. Something else. <laughs> Either yeah. you are the one playing or you are the one being yep, one played. Played. <laughs> you want being played. You want Or the relationship worked out or it doesn't work out, but yeah, you're yeah, being that's... misled. <laughs> Do you ever get men hitting on you? All the time. <laughs> really. <laughs> I used to date men. <laughs> I used to date them. <laughs> so yeah, I still do. Yeah. Like I always find so there are different levels to it. There are men that don't know I'm queer, so they'll ask me out or oh, they saw a girl, okay, hey, like you. yeah. And then there are the ones that will know or you have told them I'm a lesbian, I date women, then they'll mm. ask you out trying to prove a point. And then so yeah, so those are the ones that you also see where yeah. it's kind of like trying to to change or like trying to prove mm. a point which is very That's dangerous annoying. so yeah. yeah so I've had close friends who are men when I when I was out and out there and they asked me out so you do still get those especially yeah you do get those mm. um I've just been reading a question here I think Cindy you're going to ask it um mm. the one about being promiscuous I think you're better phrasing it off um yeah I was <laughs> you're already smiling but um, <laughs> what do you think because you know there's a really common um ideology or idea which has been put out quite a lot which is associated with um being queer um that it's um th- that they are very promiscuous and you know the insinuation of like multiple partners and that kind like that's the the lifestyle, should I say? Um, would you say, in your experience, that it's a true thing that's being said, or would you say it's not? And if not, why do you think it's something which has been so, like, put out there, like in movies and TV shows? Like, it's always like that's the what's being shown as the reality of it. Why? why yeah. Would you say you agree that that's what it's like, or? Do you think there's a reasoning behind why they kind of put out that kind of message? Oh, it's Kikita, guys, whether you're queer or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kikita, it's an individual choice. Like, uh, so I. We all hoes. So, my, this is something I like, I think because uh, queer people, the LGBTI, sexual orientation, uh, gender identities, it's all at the end of the day at its core is also being liberated right mm-hmm. liberated could be from individual level to also accepting that other people are liberated in certain ways so mm-hmm. because of where we have been our the corners of our safety have been in so many areas of being feeling safe or having to accept even that's where the term queer comes from outside of what is deemed in quotes normal sorry mm-hmm. to use that word so that is what so when you're owning back to say I am normal so when people I don't think it's that I think 
people have tended to be comfortable in those spaces to be sexually liberated in those spaces people that want to be sexually liberated they are in those spaces people that um people that want to get to know themselves to be comfortable for example having multiple partners being in a polyamorous relationship they're able to be in that space <laughs> who's in polyamorous relationships too i'm so, not ruling it out it's what she wants for herself. She wants so bad. No, it's it's. I'm not ruling it out. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, so you're ready? Okay. I'm it not ruling it out. <laughs> what do you? So you want to be the second wife, or you want to have multiple partners? No, uh, be the second, third, 